All right. Thank you for joining us. Our show today, Behind Geoengineering, the Uncensored Truth. It seems like everywhere we turn, we hear about problems associated with weather changes. Climate change is a hot political topic, and the discussion on both sides is highly charged, to say the least. Today on the Natural Health 365 podcast, we'll talk about geoengineering or the deliberate attempts to manipulate the weather. Do we have proof that this is really going on? And more importantly, who's behind these operations and what's the real agenda? The answers may surprise you. Please join me in welcoming Dan Wingington to our show. Welcome. Thank you for having me on, Jonathan, and thank you for your willingness to address this most critical issue that most people are completely unaware of. So for beginners out there, let's talk about this. What exactly is geoengineering, okay? Geoengineering is the deliberate attempt to manipulate Earth's climate systems, again, on a global scale. This involves a number of processes, if you will. One, primarily and the most visible, is to saturate the sky with light-scattering, reflective, electrically conductive particles. Uh, aluminum is one of the primary elements named in climate engineering patents and showing up in our tests on the ground all over the globe. These particles are manipulated with very powerful radio frequency microwave transmissions from multiple types of ground-based facilities. So this is, to, to summarize this, Jonathan, this is simply a derailing, a complete derailing of Earth's life support systems while doing horrific damage on countless fronts, shredding the ozone layer, disrupting the hydrological cycle, and contaminating virtually the entire surface of the planet. Uh, climate engineering would have to be categorized as the single most destructive human activity yet launched against the planet. Well, this is really important because I can know there's a lot of skeptics out there over the years. I'm sure you've experienced the same thing as well. But as we talked before we actually went on air here, you're spending a tremendous amount of time and effort, 80 hours plus every single week, year after year. You're really deeply embedded in this whole issue. But I'm sure you've seen when you talk to somebody who hears this for the first time, they're like, come on. Is there really any proof that this is going on? What do you say to people like that? Well, first of all, if I could qualify with this, when I had first heard this was going on, I, I'm a former Bechtel Power employee. I have a background in solar energy. My home is on the cover of the world's largest renewable energy magazine. When I first heard about this issue, I was also very skeptical. I thought, given my background, I would have known if this was going on. But after 18 months of research before I was willing to speak out publicly on the issue, the data, the evidence, the documentation is absolutely irrefutable. Climate engineering was first fully deployed immediately after World War II. And the ramping up of these programs has occurred at several points. For example, in 1998, when we had the warmest year ever recorded up to that point, and climate engineering was radically ramped up immediately after. And they coined the term, Jonathan, climate change at that point in, in, in lieu of global warming because they knew with climate engineering they would be creating radical weather whiplash scenarios, as we now see getting worse by the day, where we have literally record warm temperatures whiplashing to record low because of a, a process called chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. So 
this is for those that are skeptical again that skepticism comes from preconception bias ideology it does not come from objective investigation because any objective investigation of this issue would leave uh, anyone who is willing to acknowledge the facts with the clear conclusion climate engineering is real and the bottom line is when we have film footage of jet aircraft KC-10s KC-135 C-17s spraying at altitude film footage taken up close behind the aircraft with nozzles visible turning on and off that's the end of the argument our skies are being sprayed period end of story so when we look at the cataclysmic fallout on the ground as well which confirms the exact materials named in climate engineering patents we have on our on our site we have almost 2500 articles we are a non-political site including uh, postings of for example 800 page u.s senate documents going back decades outlining the scope and scale of these programs the international cooperation the blanket legal immunity for anybody involved i could go on and on and on but there is mountains and mountains and mountains of film footage data documentation up close photos of the nozzles retrofit on the pylons aimed at the exhaust jet stream to make us look like quote condensation um, this is not condensation, by the way, and that the whole contrail narrative is perhaps the greatest lie ever perpetrated on populations around the globe. This is not condensation, and I can I can go into that data a little further if you'd like. I just think on a on a realistic, practical level, if you just look at most airplanes in the sky, when I guess the weather conditions are such or the temperature coming out of those airplanes, when you see these contrails that you're talking about, they dissipate. Within, uh, you know, less than a minute, you see them just sort of fade away and it vanishes. But these these chemtrails, these chemicals being sprayed out of these planes at high altitude, not only do they not disappear, the long stream, but they seem to expand greater and greater and greater coverage as you go on and on staring at this thing for 5, 10 15, over a half hour, if you wanted to really look at it, it just seems to spread out more and more, right? Let me add to that equation. Even the shorter, bright trails that we have assumed were condensation, because we know we have various methods of, of dispersing these particulates, some of that is fuel additives. So in the case of fuel additives, you can have the shorter, bright trail that seems consistent, seems to disappear. But here's the bottom line with what we see coming out of these aircraft. All commercial carriers and all military tankers are fitted with what's called a high-bypass turbofan jet engine. That is a jet-powered fan. And why that is important is this. 85 to 90% of the air that passes through this modern jet engine is non-combusted, which means this engine by design is nearly incapable of producing any condensation trail except under the rarest and most extreme circumstances. So even what we have, uh, many have long since believed to be condensation trails, even those are a form of particulate dispersion, likely a fuel additive in that case. So it's again, it's important to understand the mechanics, the science behind the jet engines we're talking about, and the fact that again, by design, because 85 to 90% of the air that passes through those engines are non-combusted, they are nearly incapable of producing any condensation trail. And it's important to know this, that Atmospheric RH, atmospheric relative humidity, is declining, not increasing. That's impossible on a warming planet unless there's a factor that's not being acknowledged, and that factor is climate engineering. And one of their goals is to reduce atmospheric relative humidity because water vapor is a greenhouse gas. 
it's a very myopic and destructive tunnel vision sort of thinking, uh, Jonathan. I know you relate to this, much like the pharmaceutical industrial uh, approach for the human body. You know, here, take this new pharmaceutical for a certain symptom, and by the way, here's 50 other side effects that are far worse than what our product claims to treat. It's the same mentality with climate engineering. So uh, back to the condensation trail, the conditions are becoming less, even less and less conducive to any contrail formation, not more uh, conducive. So uh, bottom line is we shouldn't see under, except for rare circumstances, we should see nothing behind these aircraft, period. All right, look, we've got a lot to cover, and I know you're going to stay with me on this because you've been doing this for so long, but a lot of information to get out to people. I want everyone to listen really carefully to what we're about to rattle off here. First of all, let's cover it. Why on earth are they doing this to begin with? What are they saying? Here's the bottom line with climate engineering. There are many, many agendas being carried out, and that's important for people to understand that. It's not a this or that issue. It's a this, that, and many other things. Going back to the deployment immediately after World War II, those in power, and we're learning this now through, you see this in media stories, how long the fossil fuel industry has known what was happening with the climate but tried to cover it up. In the attempt to keep a stranglehold on power, to keep business as usual, to keep the military-industrial complex expanding without any form of control, manipulating the climate was a no-brainer for them. It's, for one, as a weapon. This is the weapon which they can use to topple nations without those nations ever even knowing they were at war. They can cut off their precipitation, which they are doing. By the way, we have leaders of countries acknowledging that, like, like Iran, recently stating for anybody who wants to look it up, that they know that their country's reign is being cut off by NATO weather modification programs. This has been going on with countries all over the globe. They're brought to their knees, forced to allow U.S. bases, U.S. occupation, and so forth. Next, in order to keep business as usual, the public had to believe that there wasn't that much wrong with the climate. So by engineering cool-downs, as we see more and more now, again, this is what's important to remember. This is a major aspect of climate engineering, literally being able to engineer winter weather events. There are patented processes called chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. These go back over a half century. We have the patents at geoengineeringwatch.org. What, what does this mean? It means that with sprayed dispersions over cloud moisture of endothermic, i.e., energy-absorbing materials, they can chemically nucleate ice and cause a frozen precipitation event that should have been a liquid precipitation event. So that's why we see, Jonathan, you've probably seen how many ice storms there are now. There's always ice storms with every so-called winter storm. You notice that? I do know what you're saying, yes. So this is the transition zone between now we're told by the paid disinformation sources like the Weather Channel and other sources that are are paid to pacify populations, to convince populations that completely engineered events are natural. So that we have the Weather Channel people telling us that um, it's normal to have a warm side to a winter storm and a cool side, and this is absolute nonsense, meteorologically speaking. It's absurd. But this is where they're chemically nucleating this moisture to create snowstorms in, in various regions. For those that roll their eyes and walk away, we have Fox News and Popular Science covering this when the Chinese government announced they were doing it. Um, so for those who watch Fox News and or any CNN, they're all just as bad. But the bottom line is there's mainstream coverage of this, but not so much in our nation. Uh, but back to your original question, the why. They have tried to one of the primary reasons is to mask the severity of climate implosion from the public as long as possible. 
in order to keep business as usual, in order to keep their stranglehold on power, to use weather as a weapon. They're also ionizing the atmosphere with these particles, making the atmosphere more electrically conductive. That assists the military for EMP, electromagnetic magnetic pulse offense and defense over the horizon communications. There are so many agendas being carried out, but bottom line is all of it malevolent, uh, all of it unimaginably destructive to us and then to the entire web of life. So, I mean, you pretty much said it then. For those who are wondering still and may not have caught what you just said, who's actually behind all of these programs? Is it many different departments? What, where is this coming from? And also, is it legal for them to do it? No. It's not legal in the manner they're doing it, no. There are loopholes that they lean on. In regards to, let's start with the U.S. The Senate document I named, your listeners can look this up if they search geoengineeringwatch.org, massive Senate document. In fact, with many aspects, and Google's not the best search engine to use, by the way, for searching this information. Google, even though we are the biggest website in the world on the subject, we were the top of the first page of a search for the term geoengineering because of our rankings, we're still top on Bing and DuckDuckGo, but Google has completely deleted our site. That's what kind of censorship we're facing now. They have completely deleted us from 19 pages when we were the top of the first page. So if you search DuckDuckGo or Bing, if they search geoengineeringwatch.org, massive Senate document, or they can search geoengineeringwatch.org, engineering winter, or engineering wildfires, just put geoengineeringwatch.org first. Now, um, back to the who's involved. In regard to the U.S. government, in the Senate document I named, it specifically cites about 12 governmental agencies, about 10 major universities. That's in our country alone. The document also states that normally adversarial nations, i.e. China, Russia, U.S., will cooperate on this issue because of the cross-border ramifications. You can't just geoengineer over your own country. You affect the entire world, and every nation is either passively or actively involved, with some exceptions. Iran is an exception. Iran is not participating, perhaps one of the reasons they're being demonized, along with other reasons, um, you know, that the, the, our country wants the resources there and so forth, but um, they are not participating with these programs. But uh, most other countries are either actively or passively, and the major powers, no matter how adversarial they may, uh, people may perceive them to be, they are absolutely all colluding and cooperating on this issue. You know what? I'm sure most people listening are going to probably figure this one out, too. But let's get it out there for all those who might be new. And to be honest with you, they might be wondering about this. Why haven't more of the scientists come out to blow the whistle on all of these operations? I mean, it, you know, for me, and I think it is getting harder and harder to keep a lid on this. But speak to that, please. That's a very important question. And many people are are caught up in that particular question and convince themselves it was going on, there would be a whole line of people uh, trying to blow the whistle. First, let's start with the military personnel, all of whom, all of whom have unimaginably draconian confidentiality agreements, all of them. And in the case of this issue, we have had indirect communication from a, a, a Air Force member involved that said his confidentiality agreement contained provision for lethal enforcement. Well. Whatever the actuality is of that, certainly we know that the military members are not allowed to speak out. Now let's get to the private sector, National Weather Service, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the nation's weathermen. There is an illegal federal gag order on the nation's weathermen right now. We have that gag order posted at geoengineeringwatch.org. Now stand back and think about that. 
if there wasn't something very big to hide, why would our nation's weathermen have a gag order on them, in addition to having no First Amendment protection on top of that? So I've had a NOAA scientist state to my face, quote, we all know what's going on. We're alarmed as hell. We have no First Amendment protection. Now we have a gag order. We don't know what to do. That's the equation you have. So for people in media and other places, they all know how long their leash is. This is a no-go issue. Anybody who tries to, to uh, even talk about this issue, if they have any kind of notoriety, as we've seen with a number of, of stars, Chuck Norris is one, Jonathan. Chuck Norris, uh, I was communicating with he, him, his wife, his pastor. Uh, they have, uh, people can search geoengineeringwatch.org, Chuck Norris, to see exactly what Chuck Norris said about this issue, acknowledging it you know, and, uh, through certain contacts he has as well. And after two articles, he completely disappeared off the radar, and I'm quite sure was warned. We have other academicians that I know were warned because they've told us they were warned. In fact, uh, double Ph.D. scientists from major universities, uh, one, one who the last communication we had told us this, Jonathan, I've been taken into a room for the second time and told if you continue to talk about geoengineering, there'll be consequences. That's the last communication we got. You know, again, I know I'm not telling you something you don't know, but a lot of people find this hard to believe. We've had our own suppression of our ability to get information out at Natural Health 365. We've experienced it. I know you have as well. A lot of people have no idea that this is going on. What about all of these Save the Planet people? And I'm not making fun of them, but, I mean, these are people that are, on the surface at least, hardcore environmental organizations. Hey, we want to preserve the beauty of planet Earth. Why aren't they saying something? First, let me back up. I, I have no doubt that your site has been suppressed. Anything that could potentially uh, expose the medical industrial complex for what it is and bring forth data that could actually help people to heal and be healthier, uh, that's going to be suppressed. So I have, I have no doubt you guys are being suppressed along with us. Um, in regard to the environmental groups, the hypocrisy is truly incomprehensible. And I'm an environmentalist to the absolute core. I would live in a teepee and eat acorns on a healthy planet if I could do so. But the bottom line is this. The environmental groups and those who run them are more concerned about losing their 501 nonprofit than they are addressing the single most destructive factor on the planet. We know this because our attorneys, we have a legal team at UNJWatch.org. We are currently suing the Canadian government. We're currently suing the U.S. government, the U.S. Department of Commerce to get our Freedom of Information Act requests from NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So our attorneys have spoken to the attorneys from other major environmental groups, all of whom we communicated with made clear they wouldn't address this issue because they're in fear of losing their 501 nonprofit. So that's just one more method which the government buys off these groups. It's up to the, the constituents, the, the members of these groups, Sierra Club, Greenpeace, uh, World Wildlife Foundation, Earth Justice, it's up to them to hold their leaders accountable, to make their leaders address this issue. And unfortunately, Jonathan, the same exact scenario is true in spiritual organizations that have nonprofit status. They are all protecting that nonprofit status at the cost of the entire planet going down. This situation needs to change. Yeah, it seems to always be an effect of money 
being sort of the uh, the lever, if you will, that's trying to affect a lot of people. And it really is sad what you're talking about. But that is the reality of what we're dealing with in a lot of cases, why so many people are still not hearing about this. I don't even want to insult your intelligence or anybody listening to this program about why the media isn't getting more involved. Mainstream media has been lame. I mean, we've often said they're the lamestream media on so many topics when it comes to health. And look, if the pharmaceutical industry doesn't want them to speak out about something, if the military-industrial complex doesn't want them to speak about something, you know what? They're just not going to do it because their ad revenue, you know, they're just they're puppets. And I know that our audience already gets that. So let's just jump right into it and get some facts out there about the overall impact of these programs. I'll give you the floor in terms of environmental impact, the impact on human health, the atmosphere for that matter as well. Take it away. First, let me back up on the mainstream media part. Uh, yes, you're 100% right. I've had interview requests from BBC, New York Times, National Geographic, USA Today. Uh, in some cases, like National Geographic, their reporter knew this was going on, knew he would, they would try to filter him. After hours of conversations of him, he and I, discussing how he could weave this into a tree mortality article, uh, that fire was put out. Um, the interview never happened. Same with all the other mainstream sources. They're clearly, clearly uh, monitoring quite closely to make sure that no uh, big red flag goes up on this issue. So, you know, again, it's up to us, the population, to bring this issue to light. In regard to the impacts, this is where it's important for people to understand. If we expect to survive much longer on this planet, we will have to prioritize. We have to plug the biggest hole in the bottom of the boat first. Otherwise, nothing else matters. The boat goes down. We're all on it. End of story. Climate engineering is virtually derailing all of Earth's life support systems. When you saturate the atmosphere with highly toxic light-scattering particles, you diffuse photosynthesis. You have bioavailable materials coming down in the rain, which poison root systems, which kill soil microbes. All of these materials we are inhaling, all of us inhaling. There's no question about this. There's no place to hide. Every human test subject, hair, blood, urine that we test, packed with these metals. And for those that have a blood test that's not done correctly and the metals don't show up, and many, many health organizations will no longer do these blood tests because they don't want the patients to know that they're highly contaminated, you must do pre-test chelation for accurate results because these metals adhere to cell receptors like a plaque, and you have to mobilize them again for them to show up in the, in the test. But it's in the air column. We know this. We have lab tests from all over the globe. There's no question we're breathing it. We know it's in soils. We know it's in waters. In fact, so much metal is coming down on us. For, in Northern California, where we have the soils baseline pH tests, so much metal has come down in the rain, loading the soils. It has changed soil pH values 10 to 12 times toward alkaline. That is staggering. I, I, we, we look at, let's look at Alzheimer's and dementia. We know is related to aluminum. Peer-reviewed study now proves that. Without, in fact, the, the study itself says this, peer-reviewed study. Without aluminum in the equation, there would be no Alzheimer's, none in the normal human lifespan of up to 100 years. And yet we have in, for example, places like the UK, Alzheimer's and dementia is the number one cause of death, number one. We have those ailments going off the chart. Every ailment that we know is related to exposure to bioavailable 
unimaginably small nanoparticulates of aluminum. That's exactly what the patents call for. That's exactly what's coming down in the air column. They are much more harmful, Jonathan, than ingested aluminum. So people are worried about aluminum in their deodorant or in their food. Those sources of exposure are far less lethal than inhaled aluminum nanoparticulates because it goes straight into the olfactory nerve, into the bloodstream, through your nasal passages, through the blood-brain barrier. It's building up in all of us. There's no question about this. Again, if, if that's not a fight for life, if, if you can't breathe without sucking in this kind of toxin, you are fighting for life. In addition to it, sterilizing soils, destroying the ozone layer, disrupting the hydrological cycle, forests are burning down all over the globe. The, the destroyed ozone layer, Jonathan, allows unimaginably intense UV radiation, which we know is already hitting the surface of the planet. We have a former NASA contract engineer working directly for us. We're measuring UVC on the surface. UVC, that's the last spectrum of UV radiation before X-ray. We all know how harmful that is. It's killing plankton. No plankton, no people. Because the plankton feed in the upper layers of the ocean, the UV is killing them. It's killing, again, soil microbes, frying trees from the top down. Uh, in fact, again, I, I could go on and on. I, don't, I want to give the, the floor back to you. But the bottom line is from so many directions, and this is all documented at geoengineeringwatch.org and multiple presentations, climate engineering is forcing us toward unimaginably near-term planetary omnicide. That's the fact of the matter. Not denying other forms of human damage to the planet, not at all. But I'm saying this is the single greatest destructive force today. And you know that a lot of people are going to say, look, I mean, I hear exactly what you're saying, and it sounds horrific. So why on earth are even these people in power? And, I mean, I know I'm giving them more credit maybe than a lot of people listening to this program would want to hear me do. But these are intelligent people, military, PhDs, right? They know full well aluminum, spraying it in the sky. Aluminum has no biological reason inside the body. You're spraying it in the sky. It's coming down. You're inhaling it. I mean, people know. And I'm talking about the people at the top, the people in the programs. So the natural next question would be to you, why on earth would they be doing this to themselves, to their wives, to their husbands, to their children, for their grandchildren? I mean, or the very short future that lies ahead because of what they're involved in. Do they have no conscience at all? That's an extremely important question. Let me start by citing this fact in regard to why would they do this to themselves. First, power is the most addictive of all uh, to, to this quest for power. And it, it, those at the top, psychologically speaking, and this is well documented, have various forms of psychosis. And yes, they're intelligent, but with these forms of psychosis, there's a common thread. And that common thread is this, and this is right from the psychoanalytical manual, a near total lack of comprehension as to the consequences of their actions, even to themselves. So let's look at some examples we have of that. The detonation of 2,000-plus nuclear bombs all over the globe that contaminated every living thing, period, including the proverbial them. And who are they, by the way? But they, at the very top of the food chain, are those who control the central bankers, central bankers who print the money, who fund militaries, who own militaries, therefore they own countries. So we're, we're talking about those who control the central bankers. But how many things have they already done to themselves demonstrating what I just described, this near total lack of comprehension as to the consequences of their actions even to themselves? The detonation of 2,000-plus nuclear bombs. We have Fukushima, 
that if other factors don't take us out first, maybe a global extinction event all by itself, and yet we're building 60 more nuke plants right now. We have 400-plus already um, in geoengineering, destroying the ozone layer, as I stated. Now as we, if we have a, a, C, a large CME, coronal mass ejection or solar flare, and that shuts down grids all over the globe, we might have 100 Fukushimas or 200 Fukushimas. We are painting ourselves in into an unimaginably dark corner, and those at the top are doing this, and, and that type of power will not relinquish that power, period, no matter what the consequences are. It's like a cancer. Does a cancer intend to kill the host? No, I would argue a cancer intends to proliferate at any cost, and the host eventually dies, and that's the mentality we're dealing with. And it is interesting, even with cancer, the tumors that develop in the body, it's like the body's incredible intelligence to try to survive still, even with cancer running amok. When those tumors are developed, body's still trying to stay alive. We're very adaptive, but boy, are you painting a picture about something that is full steam ahead, really something that we've got to stop. But let's get into it. The last few questions I have as we're closing out. The mission of geoengineeringwatch.org. Talk about that for a little bit for people who are interested. Our mission is to fully expose the climate engineering assault. If we can fully expose it, if populations and, most importantly, our military brothers and sisters and their families in these populations realize that they have been lied to, that what they are participating in is not for the greater good, that it will eventually, in the very near term, lead to their demise, their family's demise, their children's demise. We can, we, we, if we can fully expose these programs, we have a real chance at stopping them, even from the inside out. We are gaining more support in military circles. We know that. Some of them are communicating with us. But to reach critical mass of awareness, that effort, because of all the massive censorship from those who control media, from those who control social media, and so forth, it's up to us to bring this issue to light. At geoengineeringwatch.org, we try to provide the most credible, compelling materials for people to do that. And on our home page, there's links. We have a 20-page fact and photo summary booklet. You can share the link to that from your own home computer for free. And we try to provide, again, the best possible tools for waking others up. For those that want the hard materials, we print in mass quantities. We we make those materials available for our approximate cost of producing and shipping so people can uh, get abundant materials and share physical materials, which are very compelling. To have those types of images, NASA images and, and, and uh, patents, uh, gag orders, uh, in a, a very you know high-quality, color, glossy booklet, to, to pass things like that on to people is so much more effective than pointing at the sky and ranting. That makes people shut down. So if there's activist suggestions, links on our pages. Again, so much people can do from their own home computer without spending a penny or going anywhere to share this information with groups, organizations, and individuals that would care if they were given credible data. Key word, credible. So many other uh, sites and sources addressing this issue are not sticking to credible data, and thus, you know, if you have a hole in the bottom of the ship, the ship sinks. We have to, we have, to have a watertight ship, credible data. We try to provide that. It's up to all of us to bring this issue to light, Jonathan, and, and, we, and time is not on our side. I want to stress that. The time frame we are on is unimaginably short. We are losing two to 300 species of plant, animal, and insect a day to extinction right now, two to 300 per day. We've lost 60% of Earth's wildlife populations in the last 40 years. On the current trajectory, if it doesn't increase the die-off 
rate, and it is increasing, we're looking at zero hour for no wildlife left on planet Earth, 2026. 2026, mathematically. Uh, try to get your arms around that. We are, we are so close to an unimaginable overturning of our reality, and this is part of what climate engineering is about, to hide that from populations as long as possible, to hide the fact that our planet's in it's not just global warming. What we face is correctly termed an abrupt climate collapse. And in the coming weeks and months, that will become ever harder to hide from the population. We have to get this issue to light. I can't imagine it being more than a, one person. It would probably be a lot more than that that would want to contact you. What would you say to them? What's the best way to do it? Uh, contact link at geoengineeringwatch.org on the, on the top page. And keep in mind, we're... We're so uh, spread thin on this end. We do our best to get back to people, but I would encourage them also when they're looking for answers, because many people contact us to ask a specific question and answer, which we've already posted on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. There's a, in the center column, uh, answers to the most commonly asked questions on climate engineering. There's about 13 short two, three-minute videos there. Um, I would encourage people to try to get up to speed a bit on the issue initially, and then we're there to try to help any way we can. Uh, but but there is a contact uh, link at the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Awesome. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast and want to say thanks to us, I've got a great way for you to tell us and keep your immune system healthier and stronger at the same time. Head over to the naturalhealth365store.com. Check out some of our high-quality nutritional supplements in the store. I know you'll love it, and we really appreciate your support. Dane, that was a great show. Thanks for being with us. Any final words for our audience? Go ahead. Well, on the service that your group provides, that it's imperative for people to try to stay healthy while we're fighting this battle and giving your body what it needs to try to chelate some of these elements out and to you know keep your system as healthy as possible. Certainly, that is essential. So I appreciate what your group does to try to... Uh, keep populations as healthy as possible. Uh, the healthier we are, the better we'll do in this battle, and uh, all of us are needed. So anyway, thank you for giving this issue a voice, Jonathan. Uh, without a doubt. I feel honored to be in this position where I'm able to get this message out to so many people, and I know it's a rough road, something that you've chosen. I'm sure you feel like you, in a certain sense, I don't want to speak for you, but have no choice. Just like me, this is a passion. People need to understand that. I mean, no matter what, I am all in, and I'm not changing that for as long as I live. That's it for today, but we have many more great shows for you coming soon. Thanks again for being with us. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.